Welcome to What Builders Don't Tell Their Clients with your host, Joel Miner. Listening to the show, you'll learn how to avoid the unnecessary pain and avoidable costs that commonly occur in the building and renovating process. Joel will also inspire you with his knowledge, experience and ideas on how to make your home a place to suit your lifestyle for years to come. Hello and welcome to the show. So this week I'm speaking to Mitch Frager all the way over in WA. Now he specialises is is in the commercial industry with mining and in the mining sector. And uh, today we're just going to be covering um, some situations and some importance of communication and what sort of questions you should be asking your builder. So Mitch, welcome to the show. Thanks, Joel. Good to be here, man. How are you guys sort of travelling at the moment with the situation the world's in also? Yeah, look, it's. Um, I think it's going to be tough for a lot of people. Um, it's, it's, it's a time I was just saying to somebody else earlier today that as a business, um, a lot of people are going to struggle, but if you can try and look at a positive out of it, it can sort of also highlight, um, you know, some loopholes or sorry, gaps that might be forming in your business and use this opportunity to potentially plug those holes so you can build a bit more of a resilient business for future hard times, if that makes sense. Yeah, definitely. And yeah, look, like I was talking to, I think, Steve the other week about this and people, I think people work a lot better when they're backed into a corner, but also a lot of people are going to be sitting at home too that, you know, not going to have, a, well, they're going to have a lot of spare time on their hands too, you know. Mm. So, you know, there's probably some questions, I guess it leaves a opportunity for people to sit down and maybe educate themselves and give them the the potential time to educate on what sort of questions if they are going through a renovating or building process and I suppose with the industry you're in, in the commercial sector, your communication has to, would have to be very second to none, especially in the mining sector, wouldn't it? Oh, look, I think communication, uh, in it doesn't really matter what sector it is. It's probably paramount and the, the single most important thing in any construction project, to be honest, because, um, you know, essentially without communication – nothing else can happen and that's that's come down to you know your finance approval level through to your design level the execution of the project um relaying what your expectations of the project are to your team or you know whoever's going to be doing the job for you um and then right through to completion you know if you're not communicating um if you've got any concerns for example if you're not communicating them effectively um you know, that can lead into bigger bigger problems than they need to be. And it's interesting to note that um, there was a, t- a statistic that I read uh, not long ago where, you know, a majority or a huge majority of the cases that go through um, the courts surrounding building projects, 80% of them could be completely wiped out of the courts if the people that were involved just communicated more clearly. So just really highlights that communication is such an important tool. Um, And it's something that, you know, it doesn't take much effort to get right because essentially, well, Joel, you and I are communicating right now. So, you know, we do this in our everyday lives and, you know, it shouldn't be any different for, you know, your building project. Uh, Yeah, definitely. And I suppose, um, like, if someone is going through a building or renovating process and they haven't, found a builder or they they're looking like what sort of questions should someone you know potentially should be asking or what sort of things they, they should be looking for to give them the red or green flag as to what's sort of good mm. and what's sort of bad but before they even find a builder i think the most important thing is 
get what you're expecting out of the project clear in your head before you try and explain it to somebody else. So what I mean by that is is if you're thinking about doing, I oh know, a bathroom renovation, if you're thinking, oh, I might want to put a patio on the back of the house or, you know, take the time and sort of use those, you know, online resources like uh, Pinterest, um, Facebook, or even just talking to your friends and sort of get a clear understanding as to, okay, A, why am I doing this project? B, what is the outcome I'm sort of looking for? And C, have being very clear about what your real budget is for the project before you even go on and look for someone that can do the job for you. Because until you understand those um, pretty much three key things, it's very difficult to try and relay that information to someone that doesn't live at your home. So, you know, I have it quite a lot where I'll go and look at a job for somebody and they say, oh, I want to put this wall here and I want to move this wall here and the bath will go there. And they've they've got to realize that they've been living in that home or, or thinking about this, you know, for months or years even. And here's the old builder coming in who's been on your doorstep for all of 30 seconds and he's trying to understand what that message is that you're trying to communicate. And it's very difficult when the owner is not clear on what they want themselves. So they offer four different suggestions in one sentence and you're like, whoa, you got to try and make heads or tails of it. So if you can get clear on what you want before you start engaging those people, it just makes the whole process so much more streamlined. Yeah, and I think like like what you're saying with photos and stuff, visual communication is very important too because at the same time it's really good to ensure that what ideas are in your head are getting put to an image or a piece of paper so that the builder can actually understand where you're coming from and what you're after. But I think also like when a lot of – I find a lot of common ground on you walk into someone's house and people will just start saying, yep, we want to do this and want to do that and move this wall and move that wall like you are saying. But I think – a lot of the times they need to get to the reason why they're wanting to do it because I think, Absolutely. you know, any builder can just come in and go, yep, you can do that. But at the same time, you have the reason in the back of your mind and you think mm. the builder knows the reason of what you're trying to do. So I think that's a, a green light for some people when it yeah. comes to um, – when the builder starts asking questions, why you're doing it, what sort of concerns or frustrations mm. are they causing you and what sort of problems are coming out of like what problems they're giving you, I think it's is a really good sort of questions like your build, the builder should be asking you. I was just going to say, there's probably a very clear distinction to be made where when a homeowner engages with a builder, they're engaging on an emotional level, whereas a builder engaging with a client are engaging on a practical level, if that makes sense. So when a builder can come back to a client and share the share the reason why the project's being done jump on board the emotion of the project and really appreciate what the outcome of that project is going to deliver for that homeowner that's the key to you know you found a builder that's right for the project because he actually cares he's trying to make that effort to understand what you're trying to get out of this project and um that's why it's so important to have that those questions answered in your own head before you start looking for someone to share this experience with you. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And I think like the 
communication can come across in all different forms and, mm. you know, shapes, sizes, whatever. But I think it's not – the importance of communication is high, but it's also making sure that just because someone said something doesn't mean they understand what you're talking about. Exactly right. So I yep. think it's important that we're both parties are relaying back information of what's being said because quite often, more than not, I guarantee you'll have a conversation with someone unless you physically explain it or draw it out or show them a photo, they don't clearly understand exactly what mm. you've just said, but they will just sit there and say, yep, getcha. It's interesting you make that point because how many times have you looked at the watch on your wrist to look at the time, find you didn't actually look at the time and then find yourself looking back at your watch? Yeah, all the same time. sort of thing. Yeah, it's the same sort of thing with communication. You can deliver a, a message to a person. It doesn't have to be about the building project. It could be about, oh, I mean, talking to your kids, you know. How often do you tell something to your kids and, and it's almost like it goes in one ear and out the other. Um, it's the same with, with sub-trades, builders, um, you know, all of these sort of people all sort of have those basic human instincts of unless it's exciting and engaging for them, they do tend to tune out a little bit. Yeah, definitely. And I guess that can be a sort of a, a red flag to some people too if they're dealing with a builder and they don't. Mm-hmm. They, they get that feeling that, you know, something's not quite right or they, they feel as if it's more of a transactional sort of sale rather than yeah. them actually understanding why they're wanting to do that sort of project too. I think it's um, probably a good thing to point out that we have, we have this comment um, feedback to us and our customers and our um, engagement with our potential customers is when someone invites a builder into their home to look at a a potential job, the first appearances and the first engagement with that, with that new person is critical. And a lot of people, if they, they say, Oh, we didn't get a good vibe from him or he just didn't seem like he wanted to listen to what we wanted. He tried to push what he thought he wanted onto us. And I think don't ignore that because it's a bit of a character assessment um, of what potentially the mess of your project is going to be like. If you've got a builder that's saying, no, don't do that. That's stupid. Um, do it this way. Well, has he taken the time to listen to what you want but having said that, on the same token, builders do have a lot more maybe experience in some fields. So it's about how they deliver that information to the customer and saying, well, I hear what you're saying. Have you considered A, B, and C? And I think there's a clear distinction to be made on the delivery of that information that makes the difference. And Yeah, I guess that comes down to the sort of language they're using and how they're saying mm. things because I think a lot of trades or builders – the ones that aren't really passionate about their job, they're sort of just doing it for the money rather than really just loving what they do. I think that it will come down to they want to make something different or change what your idea was because it's mm. easy, easier for them. Yeah, not, I mean, you know, yeah, not, easy money. It's not, not because the, the, the idea you had was really good. The idea you had might have been really good, but they're thinking, well, there's an easier way to do this. Um, and it also depends on the budget's budget that people are wanting to spend also but at the same time you want you want to be able to get something that you're going to be happy with you don't want to settle for something less because you know you've taken their option and it was easier for them to do the job no that's exactly right i mean people have to be sensitive to the fact that um you know anyone that engages a builder or someone to do any form of project is spending their hard-earned cash and 
with that cash comes an expectation that they're going to get value for money and have a, um, what's the word, like an enjoyable journey so they can do another one and another one and another one. But there's too, too often I come across people that say, oh, I would never build again. It was the, it was a, you know, building my own home was the worst experience I've ever had in all my life. And it just shouldn't be like that. You know, it should be, hey, building my home was actually the most rewarding thing I've ever done in my life. And if I have the opportunity, I'll 100% do it again. You know, and that's what we should be trying to deliver. And yeah, and it's because they've enjoyed the process and, you know, they've created this outcome as well as the builders helped deliver it, mm. but they've enjoyed the whole thing. So it makes the reward so much better also. But yeah. I think that, uh, yeah, like you said, more often than not, a lot of people go through this process and they just absolutely hate it. And mm. it's, it's generally not down to the quality of the workmanship. It, it comes back to communication and how, uh, how people are basically like dealt with. I think there's a, there was a quote um, by a bloke and his name escapes me at the minute, but he says the, the most serious problem about communication is the illusion that it's happened. Yeah. And I, you know, you try and you you relay that back into a practical sense. You know, if 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 your method of communication is not effective, that's not may as well be no communication. Um, there are people that just simply don't want to communicate, and want to hold their cards to their chest, um, and all of those sort of different scenarios, and they just don't help anyone. And and I suppose building, like you said, holding them to the like holding the cards to the chest is it can be a really bad outcome when people do that because there needs to be a level of trust. So there has to be an like a open like there has to be honesty there as well. So you know it's it's it comes like people or builders may ask a lot of people what sort of budget are they looking to spend, and a lot of people may get thrown off by this or get slightly offended because they. I think mm. number one thing is they feel because there's so many bad stories within the building industry that. They think that they're going to get taken advantage of, or you know, you want they want to know the builder wants to know the budget so they can come in a little bit underneath. And a lot of times, this is not the case. There may be you know a very small percentage or a very small few of builders that want to do that. But a lot of the builders I know are generally want, wanting to help people out and and deliver the you know deliver them a really good outcome and experience throughout this sort of process. Well, I think you're dead right, man. Um, it. From my perspective, and I know there are a lot of um, very trustworthy builders within the industry that do get a bad rap because of people's um, idea of what builders are out there, out there to get you sort of thing. But it's just not true for the vast majority of us. You know, when we ask a, a potential customer, you know, what is your real budget to do this job? We're not asking so we can go, oh, we'll come in 5% under that and make all the money we can. We're asking that because there's always um, the wants list and the needs list in any project. It doesn't matter whether you're building a dog kennel or if you're building a, a four-story house. There's a wants list and a needs list. And what we're looking at or what, what good quality builders should be asking you is what is your wants list and what is your needs list? And the budget question allows us to say, well, okay, if we change X, Y, Z, we can not only cover your needs list, we can tap in a few of your wants lists as well. And then we can deliver a bit more of a um, proposal to that person that's sort of going to get them a bit further with the with their bang for buck than what normally would what would have normally have happened if we didn't know the budget and we're just shooting in the air. Because if we're just shooting in the air, 
you know, we're going to try and cover all your needs and all your wants and then essentially possibly price ourselves out of the job. And, well, not so much that, I think, but they're going to get disappointed. Mm. Because yeah, well, I that's think, exactly right. I think it's important that they it's important to prioritise on what really matters to you because a lot mm. of people, once they start jumping on the journey of, you know, getting their home designed or built, like, getting through the planning process of even renovating or, or regardless of what it is, they start coming up with all these great ideas, which is, which is awesome. But I think that it comes to a point where you've got to, th- you've got to throw reality into, into perspective of, you know, mm-hmm. we need to know the builder really needs to know what sort of budget and you, sh- you should really be open to, to that and having that conversation with your builder. I know it may feel uncomfortable, but I think it's a really good opportunity to, to really nut down on really your priorities on what, what's going to matter in that renovation or regard or whether you're building a new home, it's really, it's really going to put things in perspective. Yeah. Look, I couldn't agree more. Um, when you, when you've got sort of a goalpost shoot towards, i.e. your budget, it just makes the clarity and the transparency and the communication just that much easier, you know. Um, when you, when there's clear guidelines as to the expectations, um, it's a lot easier to meet those expectations if you know what the goalposts are. Yeah, definitely. It's you got, if you haven't got something to shoot at, then how do you know yeah. what, what direction you're heading? Mm, and I think that's that's, exactly that's right. a massive problem within the building industry too, because a lot of people get a lot of plans sort of put together and then. They go get a quote off builders, and then all of a sudden they've got to adjust plans, and it's added so much extra cost to to the things, you know, because of just mm. simply because they've really just put together this massive dream home or massive dream renovation, and it's just outweighed the budget they wanted to spend because you know there's a point it gets to a point where people don't want to overcapitalize, and if you're spending money, you want to it wants to be some sort of investment as well because you don't want to go backwards. I think you've touched on a quite a important point there in in the plan side of things and, and having something written down because if you if you're intending um, to be obtaining a multiple quotes for your project and you don't have a set of plans written down and, and and don't be under the illusion that it needs to be a fully fledged set of plans ready for shire submission it could be depending on this project as simple as a is a is a quick drawing on a napkin but so long as you've got something written down, that keeps a consist not only a consistency between the multiple people that are going to be quoting on the job, but it gives an expectation that the builder can visualise what you're trying to put forward, and he can go right. I'm, I can understand what you're trying to do here. I can see where you're trying to take this. I can um, appreciate why you're doing this. Um, whereas if you don't have anything written down, um, it does make that uh, more subject to interpretation if that makes sense. Yeah, and it comes back to the, oh, I thought that was what yeah. I was going to get instead of the, oh, now I know what I'm going to get because that is that is such a common thing also, just a lot of people, mm-hmm. you know, I was just talking to a lady recently and um, she was wanting, a, we'd basically given her a quote to put a bathroom together and uh, it was sort of the ceilings were quite high and we we're only tiling to a certain point, so we just, Basically, drew a little image on where the where the ceiling and where the top, well, where the tile was finishing, and mm. she'd basically said to me in that moment as I was running through the quote with her, she said, "Oh, I didn't realise that's how it was going to finish. That makes a lot of sense now." Mm. And just just simple things like that, I think, are really important. That you know that a lot of people don't understand what builders understand because just of the simple fact that builders do it every day. Mm. People are uh, are um, naturally visual creatures so 
if they can visualize something, nine out of 10 times, they can build something. So if you can visualize the finished product, some people need to see what that's going to look like. They can't interpret it in their heads. And it goes the other way from when a client is trying to explain something to a builder. If they've got it written down, it eliminates that interpretation. But one thing that does sort of come out of this a little bit is uh, builders will use certain terminology when talking about their plans or whatnot that the the homeowner may may not actually understand. So if they have a you know the abbreviation WC written on their plans, you know what does WC mean? And I think that's where it's important where you have that relationship develop between your builder and yourself where you feel comfortable enough to say, hey, listen, Mr. Builder, I'm not actually sure what WC means. Can you please explain that to me in a way that makes sense to me? And it's important to take that time and explain that because then, again, it's eliminating that interpretation element out of the out of the transaction if that makes sense yeah you've just touched on a really good point there i think that's a really good green light with Mm. with what you've just said because you know it's it's making sure that the you know they they've got that sense of relationship that they can feel like like it's not a burden it's not you know it's i think a lot of people think when they ask too many questions it becomes a bit of a you're a pain or you're pain in the ass client it just Mm. I think it's it's a great idea that they should you should have that relationship developed before you even get into a contract or an agreement with a builder because that's that's the importance of how good your experience is going to be throughout that that sort of project and also the the better like that relationship you develop with the builder is is, is going to give you such a better outcome. Absolutely. I mean, regardless of whichever builder you choose to do your project, the the one-on-one relationship that will like if you're building a new home you're going to have these people in your life for, you know, 6, 12, 18 months. They're going to become a very big part of your life because not only are you dealing with them on almost a, you know, daily or bi-daily day basis, but you're also giving these people your hard-earned cash. And so that just brings that different element of uh, or lifts the the elevation of the relationship. When you start introducing cash into a relationship, all the more reason to have that perfect person that sees eye to eye with you and they understand the vision of your project. And that will just cut out so much hard work for yourself that just doesn't need to be there. So, um, you know, when you're speaking the same language as your builder and that builder is is coming across like he's trying to make time for you and um, going out of his way to help you, um, it makes everything just run so much more smoothly and you know when you like going back to that um eliminating the interpretation out of the out of the project when all interpretation is eliminated out of the contract there should be no reason for variation yeah definitely and i suppose from from a homeowner or or a person looking at to doing something like this how what sort of things should they feel or, or vibe should they get from a builder that it's potentially going to make them feel like that, that it's going to feel understood? Um, I'm a little bit funny when it comes to this. When I did my apprenticeship, um, I worked for a bloke who was quite hard on me. Um, but when he was engaging with um, new employees, 
the first thing he looked at was when they pulled up to his office for an interview, he would meet them out at their vehicle and it wouldn't be just so he could sort of walk them into the office. It was he was looking at how that person presented. So what did their vehicle look like? Did that Was it washed? Did they have Macca's wrappers all over the front seat? Because he thought that if the person took pride in their own gear, they're going to take pride in others' gear. So relaying that back to the question you just asked me is the things that I look for if I was a potential client that I'd be looking for in a, in a, um, in a builder would be does he, does he set the meeting time and does he get there on time? That's a big thing for me. That's, a, that's the biggest thing to start with. The second thing is, is when, you, when you have that initial conversation with him, is he maintaining eye contact with you? Is he listening or is he distracted? Does he, do you feel like he's not there in his, in, his mar, in his mind? You know, does he want to be somewhere else? I think that they're the two things that I really think are critical on the very initial stages. Yeah, and I think what you said there before about the, you know, the Macca's wrappers and stuff in their car, it's the same when it comes back to a builder. To the, is that mm. trailer got stuff and crap and shit everywhere or does, you know, or is their back of the ute a mess or is, you know, they've got a, you know, I'm not saying that every good builder drive like a, a busted up car or, you know, stuff mm. that just doesn't present really well because I think habits are a really important thing and, you know, the way you sort of treat one thing, it sort of relays onto everything else. So, you know, like, you know, little rituals people have in the morning, but, you know, just, just something as simple as, you know, having a nice clean car and a nice clean and well set out trailer straight away that gives you a good indication of how that person likes, like, that's a really good indication to me if I've seen something like that and I was having a builder work in my home. I think, mm. well, straight away you've got a good indication that you've, the house is going to be left clean. It's got, they're going to be well organised. It's just little indications of things like that I think is, is really important because, you know, straight away you know what what you can almost expect without even talking to them just from seeing what they have and how they do what they do. Oh, absolutely. I mean, you know, I've been in the position where I've had, you know, uh, contractors come to my own home. You know, I'm a builder, but I have, say, an electrician come to my house. And, you know, if his, if his ute is upside down in its organisation and he's late to the appointment and, you know, things like that, just these little subconscious alarm bells start going off and saying, you know, if we're going to be in this relationship for the next, you know, upcoming months, is this going to, is this just the start of something? And I'm not saying that, I'm not trying to blanket everyone here and saying that, you know, if you've got a dirty ute, you're, you're a shitty builder. That's not the case at all. But there are other indicating factors, which I talked about before, that you can sort of build this complete picture. And if your gut's saying, oof, then maybe you should be asking a few more appropriate questions as, to sort of probe specific information out of this guy that's standing on your doorstep. Um, and, and an example of a, of a probing question might be, um, can you or will you be providing copies of your insurance to accompany this this project? Yeah, and in fact, very surprising how many people aren't insured. That, yeah, that's a really important topic. And I guess for yeah. people who are looking, regardless whether it's insurance, um, there's a couple of questions they can ask whether it comes to to asking for, I'm trying to think of the word when you get a certificate for an insurance. Um, uh, certificate of currency. Yes, so certificate of currency is another, um, something really good for questions to ask where they have contract works insurance or um, pro- professional indemnity insurance, which some doesn't apply to some builders, but a lot of times it applies to designers. 
and mm. it, and also public liability is also another important one to to make sure that you know your builder that you're using has got these things in place because it's purely one to protect your builder and to make sure you get your job done, but also to protect you also if something happens while you know contract works insurance is such an important one because you know it's something that if something happens while your house is going under renovation or your project something's happening with the project it, it's covered because a lot of the times I think a lot of people don't realize this but the insurance that you originally have with your home isn't covered with this mm, that's exactly right I mean insurance yes it's an additional cost to your project but unfortunately it is a necessary cost and it's not just to protect the builder, it's also to protect the, the homeowner um, and protect anyone else that comes onto that site. And it's just one of those questions that unfortunately you do have to ask anyone that comes to your to your home, hey, are you insured? And more to the point, do you have the appropriate insurance for this project? Because they might say, yeah, I've got insurance, but the insurance they've got may not be appropriate for what you're asking them to do. Yeah, definitely. Um, mm. Well, that's probably going to wrap today's show up, I think. Yeah. Um, we've covered some pretty good topics there. We're, well, I'm speaking to Mitch Frag... Frag... Get my tongue twisted on Fragar. Fragar from Next Gen Building. So he's in WA, like I said at the start, specialised in the mining and commercial sector. And uh, where can people find you, Mitch? Um, so I've got a couple of uh, locations. I've got a LinkedIn page just under Mitch Frager, um, and you can find my Next Gen Building Facebook page or my nextgenbuilding.com.au website. All right, cool. As it was, appreciate your time, Mitch. It was good talking to you. Thanks, Joel. That's it for this week's episode of What Builders Don't Tell Their Clients, brought to you by Refined Space Constructions. Don't forget to join us next week for another episode. Thank you for listening.